Hello and welcome to the sound of the 2024, not the top 20 podcast betting show, the first of the new year. This podcast focuses on EFL betting. It is sponsored by Betfair. It's for over 18s only. And we ask that everyone listening be gamble aware. Make sure to start the year, if you haven't checked and brushed up for a while, that you head to begambleaware.org to understand the risks that come with betting. George and I are making some picks ahead of what is a weekend of a dozen or so EFL games across League One and League Two. Some FA Cup third round games. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. You okay? Yeah, good. You good. seem... Amused already, which is a nice way to start. It was just, it just didn't really flow off your tongue asking me how I was there. It felt a bit wedged in. An ugly intro, for mm. sure. I think it's because I'm, I'm feeling a bit weird, a bit under the weather. Oh, you think under the weather? You tell me that now as we're sitting like a foot from each other. My heart beats a bit higher than usual, sweating a bit in the head. I think it's FA Cup third round fever. Oh, <laughs> no. So just to clarify, you're actually feeling okay? I'm feeling fine. Cup third round fever, that leads me to making all of my picks today FA Cup third round based. Because I copped a bit of flack for saying I wasn't that into the FA Cup second round. Correct. I've decided to sort of go too far the other way, if anything. And we're fully focused on the FA Cup uh, in terms of my picks. Uh, are you cuppy or leaguey? Leaguey. Fine. Good. I, well, lo- I love the FA Cup. I love the FA Cup third round. Doesn't sound like it. Last week, I can't actually remember the games that took place on Friday the 29th, but uh, LR Beatro's records show that you were 2.95 points up with a Derby nap winner. From 2-0 down against Yellows to 3-2 up. Uh, Wednesday beat Preston. That was a, a great pick at 11-5 to as well. Chislett, your goal scorer, decided to be a creator rather than goal scorer. Got two assists, but no goals. Uh, and Lincoln, nil. Northampton, nil. Was not the correct score at Sinselbank. Uh, my Hull, Nat, one. My Bristol City, next best, did not. Jason Knight didn't score. And Nathan Broadhead pulled out injured in the warm-up. So that was a push. Uh, minus 0.26 overall. Uh, what's your best bet of this weekend, please? In League Two, there are a couple of games I'm focusing on between sides that are really, really struggling. <clears throat> and I am siding with the away side uh, in Salford against Forest Green. I'm putting up Forest Green as my nap at 21 to Whoa. 10. Why? Just quite a fun way to start the new year. I reckon a team that maybe won the fewest games in the EFL in 2023. Well, wait, with Salford, you have to go back to October the 24th, 2023, since they last won a game in the league. There you go. Uh, a 3-0 away win against Doncaster. It came off the back of quite a decent run of form that had um, people like me believing that maybe their bad start to the season was going to make way for, for better times. But a really difficult run followed in terms of the games they played. They culminated um, in a... Uh, Neil will draw with AFC Wimbledon, but then you look to the fixture list, you're like Colchester, Tranmere, Grimsby, Accrington. Surely Neil Woods, Salford are going to put this right here. Well, they weren't Neil Woods, Salford for long because they lost to Colchester away 2-1. They lost to Tranmere at home 5-1, and that's all the end of Wood. Uh, and then 3-0 defeats to both Grimsby and Accrington have followed. They are, right now, quite clearly in my mind, the worst team in League 2. Um, bar none, just about. <laughs> We're going to get onto another pretty bad one in a second. Um, I don't really think they should be favourite against many teams. I can understand why they are favourites at home against Forest Green because Forest Green's results are equally as poor. You have to go back to October the 28th since Forest Green last won a game. Yeah. That was a 2-1 victory over Crawley in the league. But they made their change of manager a couple of weeks ago. Um, they replaced David Horseman with Troy Deeney. Uh, quite a strange, you know, on the face of it replacement, but Deeney had obviously come in as a player coach previously. And... You know, whilst we don't yet know who Salford's new manager will be, I think we are seeing early signs in my mind that Deeney is 
getting a bit of a tune out of Forest Green. You know, they were 2-0 up away at Newport before a red card meant it was 11v10 and they really um, <laughs> est the bed uh, when 2-0 down. Lovely. I don't want to have to put this behind an 18 only. Actually, no, it is anyway. They shit the bed. <laughs> uh, um, and Newport County scored four goals in the second half, won the game 4-2. They then went to Swindon. Swindon vying with Salford for being the worst team in the league at the moment. And even though they lost that game 2-1, they created an XG of, of nearly three. They had 19 shots in the game. They looked like a far better attacking force. And in the one-all draw on, on New Year's Day against AFC Wimbledon, there was nothing really between the two sides. In a similar way to when we last did a betting show, I put up Sheffield Wednesday off the back of two defeats. I think we are seeing a Forest Green improvement here before the results have necessarily come. And what better place to go and pick up three points in a way at a Salford side who you are trying to chase down, who are so bereft of confidence. There are, you know, it's interesting that that Deeney's appointment as manager seemingly meant his retirement from playing. He hasn't been in any matchday squads or anything. There was never any kind of messaging confirming that, but it looks like he's no longer playing at the moment. And I'm also assuming that Callum Morton, who's generally playing on the left-hand side of their front three, will not be available for this one, given he is on loan from Salford. I might be wrong there, but that's my my assumption. But even though, even so, I think we're seeing two teams on a long winless stretch. One of them is getting worse. One of them is getting better. I don't really have any interest in Salford being, um, you know, get any home advantage from Salford's point of view, given their recent results. The last time they played at home, well, the last two games they played at home, they've been beaten eight one on aggregate by Grimsby and Tranmere. Like, I, I just don't think there's much there in terms of of home comforts. And until we see who the new manager is going to be, and until that manager is able to get their um, claws into them, I think this is a game where Forest Green's better performances will yield a result. And I think they're a huge price at twenty one to ten to do so. I like it. Thank you. That's. One of those where going into it, wasn't sure about it. Now, I've won you over. Uh, My nap is Peterborough United at home to Leeds in the FA Cup. Draw no bet to beat Leeds uh, 3.3, 23 to 10. Uh, This is partly due to what I expect to be some Leeds rotation. Uh, Leeds have basically got a group of nine players that play or start every single game, you know, and Byron would possibly be part of that had he not struggled to stay fit. Farker has a strong history of rotating his teams in the third round of the FA Cup. Looking back at his stint with uh, Norwich, uh, looking at the last three times he's he managed Norwich in the third round, on average he made around seven changes. So I'd be expecting similar here for Leeds and some of the players that they will bring in are good players. Uh, Joel Perot will probably start because he came out of the team for New Year's Day's game. Uh, Gruev in midfield, Jed Spence, Jaden Anthony, of course, Willie Nonto. I'd expect these guys to be coming in and obviously they are very good players uh, for championship level, let alone for League One level. But I think player relationships are quite important and because these players don't get a ton of opportunity to play, I, I do always think that rotation can lead to a kind of disjointed performance or at least a slow start to the game, particularly because Farker's come into a bit of flack from Leeds fans recently for what are quite sort of basic tactics compared to, for example, Leeds United, uh, Leicester City, Ipswich Town, even Southampton. Farker's 4-2-3-1, which he's very rarely deviated from in his managerial career in England, it is quite straightforward, They get a lot from their wide forwards. They're excellent uh, in transition attack. Their front four are absolutely brilliant on that front. 
are they the most well drilled in terms of uh, patterns in possession? Not particularly. And yeah, I just think that there could be a slow out the traps performance from Leeds here. But this is also about posh because we are about as high on Peterborough United as almost any other team in the EFL right now. They're in sensational shape. A really, really, really good League One team. And despite having such a young team, they're winning matches in a really consistent way, which I did not necessarily see coming. At the end of August, they lost three league games in a row. They'd had a decent start. And I felt like, yeah, this will probably be them. They'll score lots of goals. They'll have some fantastic performances and they'll be able to hit really high performance levels. But they'll be a bit soft, they'll be a bit vulnerable and they'll they'll lose lots of games as well. Hasn't been the case at all. Uh, defensively, players like Burrows and Ronnie Edwards in particular have leapt forward in terms of their defensive capability and it's turned them into a bit of a winning machine. Uh, the last, well, every game since that uh, trio of defeats in August, 27 they've played since then in all comps. They've won 15, drawn 10. Lost just two. So in front of uh, what I'm expecting to be a, a you know group of fans at London Road who are absolutely loving what they're seeing, and rightly so, I expect them to be potentially more motivated to win this game as well. And you know I don't love playing amateur psychologists, but that doesn't hurt for this. Uh, so draw no bet, 23 to 10, just over 2 to 1. Sounds pretty good to me. Posh against uh, Leeds. I'm hoping for a cup set in that one. Uh, next best. My next best is <clears throat> a pretty similar selection i'm putting up colchester um who traveled to swindon uh colchester 21 to 10 again to the same price similar thinking here swindon basically the same as salford just a, a really poor team playing badly you know their one victory as i mentioned against forest green um they weren't particularly good in it and crucially their two best players <clears throat> and not only kind of their two best players but two of the best players attacking players in the league so far this season which for a side who are struggling like Swindon is pretty significant and Dan Kemp and Jake Young are no longer there both recalled by their parent clubs so you've got a side who are already poor who've lost their two best players up against a Colchester team who themselves have lost Joe Taylor which is a big miss um, Matty Etherington has been sacked so we'll have to wait and see who gets appointed there but this is basically a case of just in my mind two really poor sides, one of which has been made poor in, in the last week or so. We know that Colchester have some good attacking young players. We know that Cameron McGeehan as well as a, is obviously a player who's a good operator at League Two level. And I just don't think there's a great deal between them. And when you consider that Forest Green went to Swindon and although although they lost, were able to create the, as, the amount of goals and opportunities that they did, when you consider that Swindon's goal-scoring output is, is likely going to be really blunted by the departure of those two players, I'm very happy to basically take a chance that in a, in a battle between two sides, Colchester will come out on top. Yeah, I like that as well. I mean, Swindon's, you know, you mentioned that Colu do have some recognisable attacking players that they can come in for Joe Taylor, whereas Swindon to replace Kemp and Young, I genuinely don't know who will start this game because mm. look at their bench from the weekend. There's no recognisable senior, like, attacking midfielders, wingers, number 10, strikers. So who will be supporting Charlie Austin, who, who does need support up there at this stage in his career? I, I honestly don't know. I, I haven't seen Hepburn Murphy for a while, who I would suggest is a an able deputy, but he doesn't seem to be uh, available at this point in time. Uh, next best for me, Middlesbrough at home to the team in second in the Premier League, Aston Villa. And it's at 5.5, so 9-2. to two for Borough to win this game under the lights at the Riverside BBC One 5.30 Saturday really excited about this one I think the Riverside is one of the best grounds in the country for like potential to really really I've had a great FA Cup day there go balmy mm. yeah uh, Villa 
and Borough. Villa, a couple of couple of bits here. I mean, this is obviously basically a long shot at nine to two. But Villa lost to Stevenage last year at this stage of the competition. Clearly, their circumstances were different. Emery was very early in his reign at that point. But Villa, as a club, have a pretty terrible record in domestic cups uh, for quite a long time now, and just surely, surely, surely uber-focused right now on sustaining a, a Premier League title bid, which they have to be a part of the conversation right now, given where they are in the table, given the way that they have played. Then they're also in the Conference League as well. I'm sure they're almost certainly favourites for that. Uh, West Ham having won it last year, and that will include quite a few more Thursday night games if they do progress. So again, motivation-wise, hard to imagine Villa being fully focused on this one. Uh, Borough got pretty good record, you know, in comparison, two years ago, they got past Manchester United uh, away, of course, and then Tottenham at home. The Riverside can really rock in these cup ties. And they're a good team as well, Borough. You know, they're 12th in the championship at the moment. We think they're a bit better than that. XG isn't the be-all and end-all, but over the course of the season in the championship, their XG ratio has them top six team, them and Sunderland sort of just outside the, the current top four in the league table. They do have is- issues at the back with injury, uh, which I'm sure factors into the price here. But I also think, tactically, it's interesting. Villa famously play with one of the highest lines uh, in Europe. And that will give Borough some more space to play into when they do win the ball. I'm not expecting them to have loads of it than they normally get playing against championship teams. And I think they can make the most of that. You know, the likes of Isaiah Jones, uh, Morgan Rogers, even Josh Coburn, I think stretching their legs and having a bit more space to occupy or rather to move into um, could be of benefit to them. And how about the potential for a winner from Finn Azaz. Has he been confirmed yet? He has not been confirmed yet, but everything points to Finn Azaz being unveiled as a Middlesbrough player today, Thursday. Why would he not play? He's in great form. He's got an unbelievable goal for Argyle. Maybe that's why it's 2.5 million, only 2.5 million is because they've said, clause, he can't play on Saturday. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that would be a shame. <laughs> Uh, I, I reckon a Finizaz winner for, for Borough, that would work pretty well for me. Uh, so that's my next best, 5.5 Borough to beat Aston Villa uh, late on Saturday afternoon. Uh, this is a good time to mention the Match Odds 90 market uh, offer from Betfair. Uh, on the sportsbook, you'll see markets with a 90 icon. That's what we're talking about here. And it means if the team that you bet on is winning when the clock hits 90, uh, it'll be a winner or paid out as a winner by Betfair, no matter what happens in added time. And you can build Ackers with the Match Odds 90 market as well. Make sure you read the T's and C's to understand. There's something about picking a team to beat a team in the league above them in the cup where if they are ahead, you'd expect them to come under quite significant pressure where I kind of think for the FA Cup third round, the Match Odds 90 market might be even more relevant than the normal. So uh, do check that out with Betfair and do read the T's and C's to understand. Uh, George, who's your goal scorer? Same game I covered in my nap, uh, Salford Forest Green. I'm picking up Matty Stevens to score two or more goals at 14-1. to 1. Um, As I said, Salford have some serious defensive issues, conceding three in their last two games, conceding five to against Tramere as well. If I am right and Forest Green um, do catch fire here, it helps that, as I say, Deeney is now retired, so he won't be playing. It helps that um, Morton, I think, is cup tied, so he won't be playing. Matty Taylor is their other striker who... Basically, doesn't play really play 90 minutes anymore. Um, so I think the likelihood is that Stevens will play through the middle. He'll be on penalties. He's in good goal-scoring form as well. He is their front man. And given they used to play two up front, and now they're playing um, three with Dini there, he seems the obvious benefactor of that. So he's someone that we know can be prolific at this level before. He was obviously a huge part of that, of Rob Edwards' team. They got promoted out of League Two a couple of seasons ago. 
Um, so yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we see another really desperate sort of performance where Forest Green are able to create chances at will. And if they do, I think Stevens will be the beneficiary. So I was looking at the twenty-three to ten for him just to score, uh, just, just to score one. But given the um, recent defensive woes of Salford I'm happy to take a chance at the full bigger 14 to one that he'll do so yeah my goal scorer pick is nine to four for Tom Cannon to score for Leicester against Millwall uh, Betfair sportsbook top price here and when Cannon signed for Leicester I think it was on deadline day it felt like one of those are you just spending money because you've got the parachutes uh, because Daka hadn't left Vardy hadn't left Iheanacho hadn't left and up until last weekend Daka or Iheanacho or Vardy had started all of Leicester's league games. And Cannon had worked his way back to fitness and then just had to sit and wait for a chance, which he got. And he scored two in his first start for Leicester. And it kind of underlined what I think we knew from his spell on loan at Preston in the second half of last season. That's Tom Cannon's a real sniper. He's a gunman. He finishes chances. He's got 10 in 20 overall in the championship. Uh, and playing as a number nine for Leicester is great fun. You don't have to do a huge amount. You just have to kind of be there for the many occasions where Leicester are going to work the ball out wide and you're going to either maybe get a chance when one of the wide players shoots and it's parried or from a cutback or a little slip through ball. I think Cannon's ready to, to really take charge with the other three strikers out uh, absent or injured. Um, yeah, 1.83 Leicester's win price. And I just have a sneaky suspicion that if... Vardy, Iheanacho or Daka were priced up here, which they're not, they'd be shorter than 9-4. I mean, Mavadidi is shorter than him, who plays in that wide role. So uh, I think this is value. Cannon, 3.25, 9-4. I doubt we'll be getting that for him to score at any point in the future. So let's make the most of it now as Leicester away to Millwall in the cup. Long shot. My long shot is Lewis Freestone at 20-1 to one to score any time for Cheltenham against Pompey. A few reasons behind this. Um, I think Cheltenham are generally a big price to beat Pompey anyway, around about the 3-1, the 7-2 mark. Um, I think Ch- Cheltenham's form under Daryl Clark, as listeners to the show will know, is sustainable. They're not really riding their luck. They are consistently creating chances in games and their method of doing so is fairly attritional. You know, there's a lot of long throws coming into the box. They like to get the ball wide and get balls into the box and Freestone is definitely been given free license by Clark. You know, he's a left-sided centre-back, plays on the left of the three. Um, but Darrell Clark has given him license to get forward at basically any opportunity. He had six shots against Reading. I went back and watched all six. It's interesting how varied they are. Like some of them are knockdowns from throw-ins. Some of them are free kicks um, from kind of the halfway line where he's gone up and gets on the end of it. A header from a corner that was very well saved. You know, he's clearly someone who's being targeted at set-piece situations. Um, his XG this season is 2.5, but he's yet to score. So nice. it is coming. And I can hear people being like, but Pompey don't concede from set pieces. And you're right, Pompey are a very good set-piece side. Um, they've only conceded three goals from set-pieces this season. Uh, but the underlying numbers aren't quite as good as that. So that is the, the lowest in the league. But their XG from set-pieces against is about 6.5, according to Opter Analyst, which has them kind of mid table to, to to high you know it's it's still very good but it's not like they're completely preventing the position from creating goal scoring opportunities so freestone seems to me to be someone who if Chum do get any joy on saturday uh, could be the benefactor the goal is coming at some point and at 20 to 1 i'm happy to take him anytime uh, my long shot is uh, another cup set on the cards i hope bristol rovers and both teams to score at norwich nine to one 
the price with the Betfair Sportsbook. I'm watching Bristol Rovers with interest at the moment. I'm interested in their trajectory. And what you can probably tell from my mysterious tone is that I think they might, they could catch fire, uh, either in the second half of this season or next season in League One. I'm already expecting big things from Rovers. We liked the Matt Taylor appointment, and I broadly like what I've seen so far. I mean, they've had BTTS land 10 games in a row, Bristol Rovers, so they really are. Like, there's a lot going on in Rovers games. Um, But he's a good manager, and I like what I've seen initially from him, both in terms of uh, the way that he's uh, speaking about his team. Uh, He's always very level-headed, Taylor, which I like a lot. Uh, and I kind of like what he's doing tactically as well, where you, you, you're looking at the, the kind of average positions, average touches from their uh, attack, and it looks like he's trying to get this situation where you've got Luke Thomas holding the width on the right-hand side. He's had some big moments recently as a, a tricky left-footed attacker, where you've got Harvey Vale holding the attacking width on the left-hand side, who's someone who, you know, at youth level is considered one of the best of his age group in England and, and has certainly been in good form recently, having played quite a lot of minutes at left-back under Barton. Then Collins in that kind of inside left channel where he can really do a lot of damage, as we know. Uh, Marquis up front as the kind of uh, focal point number nine. And Anthony Evans getting forward for midfield, who's got a ton of quality as an attacking midfield player as well. So I think as a, as a sort of front five, if you like, it's really potent, really dangerous. It's got skill and speed and finishing ability and creativity. I really, really like that group of players and I'm expecting a lot from them if they can all stay fit and get used to that system. So I think that they're a team that can hurt certainly teams in League One and potentially Norwich as well, who, you know, we're going to need a poor Norwich performance, aren't we? They're at home here. They're expected to win, but I'd expect a rotated team. I'm hoping things might look a little bit sticky early on and I've no doubt it will be a low attendance at Carrow Road. The, The fans are still pretty miffed, pretty unhappy at how things are at the club in general. And I don't think there is a lot of support for David Wagner, even though he has had a decent month or two in terms of results. I'm just expecting a kind of low energy game. And the last time that happened at Carrow Road, that, as I remember, was the game against Blackburn that was live on Sky, where there was just no energy in the ground whatsoever and Blackburn made them pay. I think Bristol Rovers can do that as well. So uh, I'm also, if I'm honest, hoping that there's a bit of rotation, particularly in goal. Because Angus Gunn has been Norwich's best player over the last couple of weeks. The yeah. shot-stopping numbers back that up. He's saving three or four goals more than than he would have been expected to save over the last month or two. So he's in great form. George Long, his replacement. I'll be pretty happy if Long comes in for yeah. Gunn. Put it that way. Bristol Rovers and both teams to score 9-1 to one against Norwich. My long shot. Uh, for the BTTS, six-fold, we're entirely cup-based. Yeah. And it's a 34.67 sixfold with the Betfair Sportsbook. Go. I think there's some, yeah, I, I generally think that cup games, especially at this stage, are very good for BTTS because I think, and I've said this, I think in the last couple of years, um, there is a perception that the underdogs won't score. And I think in a cup game where there is less um, need for maybe the underdog to kind of stay in it, I think there's more cause to, to throw caution to the wind. And again, I think when when the um, favourite is maybe further ahead in the game, um, then the game kind of opens up more so than it would in a league game. So I've kind of gone for a, a tactic of three home favourites against sides who should be full of confidence to an extent. Um, starting with Blackburn, Cambridge, Rovers clearly in, in very poor form, but we know with Yondel Thomason, they have a manager who will always set up his team to attack. Um, real defensive issues and frailties, but very good going forward. Up against the Cambridge side, who have obviously improved under Neil Harris. 
and we'll come into this. Despite the frustrating defeat against Leighton Orient last time out, I'm sure they will back themselves against uh, a team not in great form to go in and give a good account of themselves. And I think the way that Harris likes his team to attack against a, a Blackburn side with a, a, a weaker defence, you know, there might be a bit of an area of bombardment, I think could suit them. Uh, Southampton against Walsall, you know, Saints obviously huge favourites for this one, but Walsall coming here off the back of scoring six away from home at Grimsby last time. One of the form teams in the EFL, they will be desperate to go to St Mary's and give a good account of themselves. And I don't see any any reason why they shouldn't, you know, even though I'm sure Saints will likely win the game, I think Walsall will offer some kind of attacking threat against them. And finally, Swansea against Morecambe, where Morecambe, um, their games at the moment, really high scoring. They're conceding a lot of goals. They're scoring a lot of goals as well. A Swansea side where Luke Williams might be in the dugout for the first time. And if he does try and do anything, I think it might play into Morecambe's hands in terms of if he does say to his centre-backs, if he does say to the wide players, you know, this is how I want to play. This is what I want you to take on board as of today. Um, I have no doubt that the extreme style that Williams will uh, impart in in time will have benefits. But we know that ah, even... teething issues. Sorry. Well, no, but not, it's not even teething issues because Notts County this season are still defensively very porous. So True like, that. Um, Long-term root canal. But even if even if not, it's not like Swansea's defensive record this season is particularly good anyway. So, um, yeah, Blackburn, Cambridge, Southampton, Walsall, Swansea, Morecambe, my three BTTS and the FA Cup third round. Mine start with Norwich and Bristol Rovers, as discussed. Bristol Rovers have seen BTTS, yes, land 10 games in a row. So that's the first part of my three. Uh, Luton, Bolton. Similar theme, really, than, than the one that you've gone with. For Luton, I'm intrigued by this. This, is, this game is going to surely look and feel so different to any game Luton have played almost all year. I mean, they will have had games at the back end of last season where they were at home, expected to win, favourites, you know, a team heading into the playoffs. But even in those championship games, you know, there was an extent to which teams, they didn't exactly sit in against Luton. They didn't. They didn't show them that much respect, shall we say, um, because they perceived that they could still take the game to them and beat them. That was played into Luton's favour, of course, played into their hands. Uh, in the Premier League, of course, almost every game that they've played so far, they really have been big underdogs and they've they've kind of enjoyed wearing that disguise and, and kind of playing up into that. So now they play at home to a League One team where the onus is on them. They're the Premier League team. They're the big dogs rather than the underdogs. They're the rightful favourites, of course. They've got great firepower. And actually, Luton playing pretty well, I'd say, recently, particularly in those games against some of the, the big six Premier League teams. But Bolton are a really good League One team. They have been for a number of years. They are pretty consistent in their performance level. They almost never chuck in a really, really, really below par uh, performance. And they're very clear in the way that they play. And I think that they can hurt Luton. I'm sure that Luton are likely to win the game, but I see Bolton causing them some problems as well. They've scored in 21 of 24 league games and I expect them to score at Kenilworth Road. So BTTS, yes, Luton, Bolton. And then West Brom, Aldershot. Surprised myself a little bit here because West Brom are not a team that screen BTTS yes and they're at home here against a team three leagues below them and they've had four 1-0 scorelines in a row uh, in the league West Brom but it's just this inkling that Corboran who if you look at his previous starting 11s in third round fixtures suggests he's not a big fan of the FA Cup and he's not very focused on the FA Cup so I think West Brom will rotate 
pretty significantly. And Aldershot under Tommy Widrington are just this really fun vibes team. Uh, I'd love them to come up through the playoffs, to be honest, because they seem like a, a real bit of fun. They've scored 45 and conceded 47 already in the league this season, which gives you an idea of the way that they play. And now they have the National League's sort of trending topic, Josh Stokes, and he's suspended. Second bookable over the weekend, or rather on New Year's Day, can't play in this game. So that's obviously a blow. But Tolage is their striker, former Brighton kid, who I think is a real handful. And so I still think they'll retain some goal threat. So West Brom, Waldershot, BTTS, yes. That means the sixfold is Southampton and Walsall, Swansea, Morecambe, Blackburn, Cambridge, uh, Norwich, Bristol Rovers, Luton, Bolton, and West Brom, Aldershot for a 34.67. Sixfold, BTTS, yes, with the Betfair Sportsbook. George. Forest Green, my nap, 21 to 10 away at Salford. Colchester United away at Swindon, my next best at the same price. Matty Stevens of Forest Green scored two or more goals at 14 to 1 as my goal scorer. And my long shot is a Lewis Freestone at 20 to 1 to score any time. Come on. Cheltenham Town. I'm so, I'm feeling really good heading into this weekend. Uh, Posh, 3.3, 23 to 10 at home to Leeds. Draw no bet is my nap with the Betfair Sportsbook. Middlesbrough, 9 to 2, 5.5 uh, late on Saturday, 5.30. BBC One is my next best my long my goal scorer is tom cannon at nine to four to score for leicester away at millwall in the cup bristol rovers and btts yes at nine to one is my long shot there against norwich in the cup and the btts sixfold that bristol rovers norwich game uh, luton bolton west brom Aldershot, southampton walsall swansea morecambe and blackburn cambridge 34.67 uh, it's a treat to have you with us as we attack 2024 here not the top 20 podcast betting show uh, we are very grateful to our sponsors betfair for their support of NTT 20 heading into or well, now halfway through its third season this partnership and we thank them for that support and um, we wish you well heading into this weekend enjoy the cup fever that I'm feeling and go well